0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey, this is Megan Rapinoe. And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A touch more.
0: New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday, only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire.
1: Alright, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Today's episode is a follow-up to Monday's interview with Jim Morris, the former Major League pitcher and inspiration for the film, The Rookie. Today, we're actually covering the movie itself with guest Dylan Shivery. Dylan is a co-host of the Circling Back podcast. If you've been a listener of this podcast for a while, you're probably familiar with his other co-hosts, Will DeFreeze, Dave Ruff and Brett Merriman. Uh, Dylan's a big baseball fan, and he was an extra in this movie. He was the perfect guest for it. Uh, Weirdly, for this movie, you know, a movie made fairly recently, there's almost no good quality YouTube clips for this one. Uh, It was a bummer not to have more stuff to add in, but regardless, enjoyed talking to Dylan about it. If you enjoy it, make sure you tap that rating and review on Apple Podcast, but let's get to talking the rookie with Dylan Shivery. All right, returning to Big Screen Sports, after joining me last year to talk Blue Chips, he is the co-host of the podcast Circling Back and The Mail-In. From Wash Media, Dylan Shivery.
2: Dylan, thanks so much for returning to Big Screen Sports. Kyle, my man. Man, I'm really happy to do this again. I had a lot of fun last time. I'm ready to to talk about a movie that I was actually in this time, which is pretty exciting for me. But thanks for having me back.
1: Of course, yeah. Last time we got to do this in person. This time, not so much. We're still living in this this weird quarantine world. Uh, before we talk the rookie, let the folks know where they can find your podcast.
2: Yeah, check out Circling Back and the mail in. Uh, you know, on iTunes and Spotify, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, and check us out uh, on Instagram. I believe it's Circling Back Pod, uh, uh, and also that's the same handle for Twitter. I believe. Uh, yeah, check us out. It's pretty much just a podcast about nothing. We just kind of bullshit for an hour, and uh, we have fun.
1: Yeah, I think we've had every member of the podcast on this pod at some point, point in one one form or another, we've tried to really explain it. There's really no way. Just if you if you enjoy a good time, if you, if you want to hear what your your friendly group text sounds like in podcast form, uh, check out Circling Back. I'm a big fan. But I'm glad to have you on. You are a perfect guest for this one. We are covering The Rookie, which is the 2002 Disney family baseball movie star Dennis Quaid, Rachel Griffiths, Angus T. Jones, and Brian Cox. Fifteen years ago.
2: You got your shot at baseball.
3: You got hurt.
0: Jimmy Morris put his dreams aside, but sometimes.
1: Hey,
4: coach, you
3: want to throw? I'll throw a couple. Yeah, dad, bring the heat.
0: When you
4: least expect it. Dreams come back to life. I threw today. So hard. Pretty hard. Anybody want to tell me how we lost that game? You quit out there. I'm talking about having dreams. You don't have dreams, you don't have anything. You're the one who should be wanting something more. Last time I checked, scouts aren't looking for high school science teachers. We start winning, you try out again. Are you serious? Yeah.
0: Dennis Quaid.
4: Do you know how many guys can throw the ball 98 miles an hour? Yes!
0: Not many.
1: Rookie. Got an eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, grossed eighty million in the US box office. And Dylan, you're a you're a perfect guest for this one for a few reasons. First and foremost, you're a baseball guy, a uh, big baseball yep. fan, played baseball. Um secondly, this is a uh this is a father son movie in a lot of ways. You uh-huh. like me have a have a young son?
2: Yeah, I do. I I think my son is about the same age as the the character in the movie, so uh, it it did it hit me in the feels a little bit from some of the scenes.
1: Yeah, it's de- it's definitely a um, an emotional father son movie in a lot of ways, but most importantly, you were in this movie. You were an extra movie. in this movie. Walk us through your day as an extra in the rookie.
2: Yeah, so it wasn't just me. It was actually so I played high school baseball, and I, I guess they needed a bunch of extras and just made a few phone calls to because it was filmed in, in te- around Central Texas mostly, I believe. So I, I'm assuming they made some phone calls to high schools around the area. And I guess our coach picked up the phone and was like, yeah, we'll do it. So my, my high school, which is Anderson High School, um, it's in northwest Austin. They invited the, both the JV and the varsity teams. We, we went out there. This was my junior year of high school. Uh, we we hopped on buses and we we went out to I think it was it's been such a long time but I think this was filmed at Taylor High School in Taylor you're Texas. You're right there. You're, you're right okay. in that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I knew it was somewhere around there. But yeah. We so we took buses from Austin out to Taylor and just spent the day out there. And um, as you can imagine, you know, a bunch of high school kids and we played baseball together. We had we had a lot of fun. It was uh, cool to be on the set of a movie and we didn't know what to expect or who was going to be like actually visible in the shots and all that. We were just out there having fun and we, we weren't allowed to get paid for it. So the, the money that they, that extras earn for a movie like this, I, th- I believe we just donated it or something. So we, we didn't actually get paid for it, but we didn't care. We were just there to have fun and it was a, uh, it was pretty cool seeing Dennis Quaid. He was the only, you know, notable actor out there at the time. Um... But it's funny I I rewatched it. I it's been years since I seen the movie, so I rewatched it actually. And I forgot how many how many guys in that in the tryout scene on uh when he was you know, throwing, pumping 98 up there. I forgot how many people I know that are in that I can see. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, there's what's his name and what's his name. A, I I must have recognized like like 15 guys from that shot."
1: So when you first saw the movie, were you like when when it got around time for that scene, were you just like sitting there patiently hoping
2: that you got at least a glimpse of you? Yes, exactly. Everybody was. We we didn't know we didn't know exactly who was going to be in in the shots. Like I said, so we were just like, oh, who's going to be? Who can we see in the movie? You know? Um, And we got there, and they obviously we we took I don't know fifty sixty guys you know kids out there. Um and we didn't know like they how we didn't know how it works so we went out there and they they kind of hand selected a few guys that just i guess looked the part looked like they could pass as you know guys trying out for a minor league baseball team um which is funny because some of the kids in the movie they look like they're they're 15 or in that scene specifically they look like they're 15 years old that's because those kids are 15 years old and you can tell they look i mean they're high school sophomores i guess and it's just really funny to see, like, so that scene is interesting because some of the, the, the guys in the scene clearly are baseball players. You can tell they, they've been around the game and they look like they're probably mid to late 20s. And then you'll see, like, this child run by carrying a baseball bag. Like, it was just kind of funny looking back on it.
1: Well, you got the, you get the cameo. We'll, we'll throw it up on, on the Instagram for the podcast. But you actually are featured in the movie uh, wearing, wearing a polo hat, which you've caught some some flack for?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So before we went out there, they were like, they gave us, you know, a list of things to bring. Obviously your baseball equipment. And of course logos are, can be problematic for a movie. So they, they said bring like plain hats, plain shirts. The shirt I'm wearing is, it's our high school color. It's Royal blue, but there's nothing on it. It's just a long sleeve t-shirt. Um, but the hat situation, I didn't really know what to do. So, um, I, I figured a po- I had that polo hat and I'm like, okay, well the lo- there's a logo on it, but it's really small. And if they do an up close shot or something, which I'm sure they won't cover it with tape or however it's going to work. Um, but I brought options out there and basically one of the production assistants is like, yeah, just wear that one. that will be fine. You're not going to, you know, I was far enough away from the camera that I didn't think it would matter, but p- people still noticed that it was a polo hat, which was funny.
1: Well, you've got some rabid listeners, so they, they, That, uh, that scene of you or that, that glimpse of you like leaving the field or whatever has been slow mode and analyzed on your Reddit page. (laughs) So I think that's, I think that's how the polo hat got picked out. But, um, you know, for all those reasons, for the fact that you were in the movie, the fact that it's a father son movie, you're a baseball guy, you're a great guest for it. Let's start talking the movie and right off the bat for you, is this a a hall of fame, all star starter or bench warmer sports movie in your opinion?
2: For me, it was between starter and all star, somewhere in there. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I, I didn't enjoy it as much as others did. I think I, I know some people absolutely love this movie, and I get it. Um, it's it's just it's kind of exactly what I, ex- I expected the movie to be. You know, it's um, you know, it's a story about Jimmy Morris, obviously. But there's nothing nothing really too outstanding about the movie. I thought it was just you know as expected. So I enjoyed it. What what about you?
1: Yeah, as far as as far as family sports movies go, this it's it's really good, but as just for a family sports movie, yeah um, it, it's kind of like what you said it, it, it really just it is what it is. It's just a story about following your dreams yeah um, you know the the goal is to appeal to your emotions, be full of likable characters, and be pretty heartwarming and it, you know it does that. Uh, yeah. I, I think the thing that sums up this movie, is that you? You have this known payoff at the end. It's kind of like in an, an miracle where you know you know you've got this big win at the end of the movie that you you build up for, and so when he gets called into the bullpen, and you as a viewer, you actually care about it and you're happy. You know the movie did its job. It's not it's not a super deep sports movie. It's not a super quotable or really memorable sports movie but it's enjoyable i would say it's probably in between a, a an all-star starter when it's on mlb network i will usually throw it on at least for a little bit at least to try to see if one of the scenes i really like is is coming on
2: yeah i, I catch it on tv every now and then and i i i try to watch because i i never really remember which part of the movie my scene is in so i'm like oh i wonder if i can catch myself on tv again um, but then I, you know, I usually end up giving up after about twenty minutes or so of watching the movie because you know I've seen it and it, it's not it's not so good that I have to keep watching. Uh, but it, it is it is a fun movie, and uh, if you're a baseball guy, you you know you you enjoy it and can appreciate um, the the story really.
1: Yeah, and kind of like remember the Titans; these super Disney-fied sports movies have a lot to just nitpick or kind of laugh about. there's a lot of like quick things that are like yeah I don't know if that if that really makes a whole lot of sense but but we just uh, just go with it. Um, let's go into the IMDB trivia. I just I pulled a few things that are kind of notable, especially the baseball stuff. Um, the scene where he walks where Jimmy walks out to the mound for the first time at the ballpark in Arlington was filmed during the seventh inning stretch of a real Texas Rangers game. okay and then all of the actual pitching spot shots were done after the game. Which I, I think is cool. I think it's yeah. I think it's really effective that it it's um that it was filmed at an actual game. I think you can really tell the difference as opposed to them like running out the stadium and CGIing stuff in.
2: Okay, so if they filmed it at at the ballpark in Arlington and they filmed it during an actual game, why couldn't they use a real baseball player instead of a an actor for Royce Clayton?
1: That's the that's a weird thing. So it, it's in the trivia that they they had to get Royce Clayton's permission to to use his likeness but it's still it's still strange that they didn't actually go out and get although Royce Clayton would have been playing but yeah you think they would have just pulled some like a bench warmer right? from one of the teams or something and had him as the hitter although i will say in defense of that if i'm a guy on those teams and like the game's over i'm not sure i really want to stay around i probably just want to like get back to my hotel or get back to my house
2: you're right but i i would think a secondary option would be like, all right, let's just get an actor to play like a, f- a fictional baseball player and not use the actual Royce Clayton name and just stick an actor up there who resembles him somewhat. I don't know. I thought it was just funny looking back on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Dennis Quaid did much of his own pitching, but was he was doubled in shots that required truly fast pitches by former minor league pitcher Jeff Dowdy. No special effects were used to enhance the speed of the pitches. However, some camera tricks such as whip pans... We used to make Quaid's own pitches appear faster, so that the double is really noticeable and a lot if you're I mean if you're yes. looking close those like shots from behind him it's very evident when it's like a an actual like loose good looking arm throwing.
2: yeah, yeah, you're right uh there's one scene that sticks out it's at night and he's thinking that he's in front of his truck with the the headlights on and he's throwing against a fence or something. It was clearly the stand in The guy knew what he was doing, but oh, the yeah. day that yeah. the the day we were on set with him. He must have, it was, I swear, he threw like 200 pitches from the mound that day. Um, and we were we were kind of watching him from the outfield, just pretending to, you know, like shag balls or play catch or whatever it was, I forgot. But in, in watching him throw a baseball, it was, it's pretty obvious he's never played the game on any kind of like meaningful level. But considering, you know, he's a Hollywood actor and he's clearly not a baseball player, he, he did all right. I mean, it, it was passable for a movie role, you know, I mean um he, he was probably- he was probably throwing like i don't know low sixties when we were out there just just getting it up to, to the plate pretty much but they did they did a good job of um some some fancy camera work to make it look at least somewhat believable for for what it was for a movie a disney movie
1: i I think so too I think all the stuff they did those like quick cuts and that whoosh sound that they used was really yeah. effective as opposed to just trying to to make it look fast like on its own or just using the stunt double more i thought it was i i thought it was actually effective he's clearly i think the biggest thing like you can get over his kind of throwing motion or whatever it is He's very uncomfortable when he comes set, which I think you have to have watched a decent amount of baseball to get, but he looks like he's trying to hold in a shit, like when he comes set on you're the right. mound and his feet are real close together and he just looks generally uncomfortable. You're but right. as far Come as the set, actual the it, throws, it, it's okay.
2: Yeah, when he, when he was setting up, it, you're right. He was like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do here. Uh, he probably got some coaching, you know, from probably the guy who, st- who was the stand-in for him, I'm assuming. Um but he did his best, and it was all right. I'm looking. I'm, I'm thinking back. Uh, the the guy holding the uh, radar detector for the tryout scene was my, my buddy's dad, who just happened to be with us that day. He rode on the bus with us, I think. And they're like, "Hey, do you want to? you want to be in the movie?" And He was like, "Yeah, sure." So so he put him on the ju- the jugs gun, or not the jugs gun, the, the radar detector.
1: It's funny how that all came together, all all the uh, the tryout stuff. Um, you mentioned that it was filmed. That the tryout was filmed at Taylor High School. Uh, the location was a stand-in for Angelo State University, where the trials were actually supposed to have held. Angelo State has a sick baseball field. It's kind of a bummer they didn't film there. Um, Taylor is about 15 minutes west of Thorndale, which stood in for the town of Big Lake, and 15 minutes east of Dell Diamond, where most of the minor league games depicted were filmed, like the Durham, uh, the, the Durham Bulls game was the, uh, was, yeah, was Dell was Diamond. Del Diamond, which is, which is a pretty is- nice minor league park.
2: It's it's a very nice minor league park. By by the way, I have to back. I feel like an idiot. I said a radar detector. I meant radar gun back there. I'm sure y'all figured that out. Um, Yeah, that was filmed at Dell Diamond. And actually his first minor league game, which was, I think on the screen it said it was supposed to be in Orlando. That was not in Orlando. That was also in Austin. And it was actually Nelson Field, which is an Austin ISD baseball park. And it's where I played all of my home games in high school, which was kind of cool. It's the scene where he's uh, he's warming up out there in the pen, and he's getting uh, he's getting heckled by that guy calling him old or whatnot. Yeah, that was where I played all, pretty much all my high school games.
1: Yeah, and not all minor league stadiums had been updated at that point. It's kind of like the tail end of the the golden age of minor league baseball stadiums being revamped. Like they had just recently gotten a new stadium in Midland around that time. Uh, the uh-huh. one in San Antonio had been built, I think, in like ninety two, ninety three, and that's kind of what jump started new minor league parks. But when he runs out on that field, I'm like, oh, that looks a little too shitty to be a double A yeah. field, even in yeah. even in like nineteen ninety nine or whenever it was supposed to be. But I mean, it's um, not even I've a nice, it's,
2: it's not even a nice high school field, really. It, it's 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 in like an all purpose Austin ISD baseball field. It's where a lot of high schools held their home games, so it was kind of funny. That they uh, they use that. I was like, "Hey, man, that's where I play." But yeah, definitely not in Orlando, as uh, as we were led to believe from the, from the movie.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a shame they didn't just drive down thirty five and use the field in San Antonio for those scenes. But we we'll, uh, yeah. we can get over that. Um, let's roll into best scene. I'm gonna list these off chronologically. So if there's something I forget or miss one of your favorites, by all means, uh, okay, interject. Um, the first one, the opening montage which is like the story about the oil guy and then the story of the moves of young Jimmy Morris. It just, it sets the stage for his relationship, between you know, the relationship between young, Jim, like our main character and his father and just how important baseball is to the guy. I thought that was a kind of a, like a cool opening for the movie.
2: Yeah, it was. It was a, an unexpected opening. I, you know, watching looking back, um, I, f- I forgot about how they, how they started the movie and it was, uh, it was interesting. You know, and it kind of, you're right, it kind of sets like a cool mood for the movie, a cool tone.
1: Yeah, the next one I've got is when he first throws after practice, when the the catcher asks him if he actually wants to throw and then convinces him to start humming him. That look on the catcher's face when he hums on, it's when we get that first whoosh sound. It's like the movie's indicator of, hey, this ball just came in at 95 plus. Right, right. And then it's, I yeah. think it's the first time you hear that whistly, like upbeat theme song of the score that's kind of the, the theme of the movie when anything good is happening. And right, I, right. I, I think that's a really fun scene to watch.
2: Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Um, and it, it's, it's fun because he, he kind of doesn't realize, you know, the kind of heat he's bringing, you know, because they're not shooting it with the radar gum. Uh, he's just like, yeah, it's fast, but it's, you know, it's not good enough. It, you know, I'm not, I'm not pumping it up there in the 90s or anything. So it, it it's cool.
1: Mm-hmm. The next one I've got is the the district championship game, and honestly, like it's a, it's an okay baseball scene, but it's just I like it's a great showcase for those early two thousands metal bats. It's just very much a throwback game with how the players wear their pants and the bats they're using and stuff like that. And it's it's not a, it's kind of a fun scene. It, it's of the early part of the movie. It's one of my favorites.
2: Man, did you get to play in the the minus five era of the metal bats?
1: No, it was dropped three by the time I got to high school.
2: We dropped, we, okay, so we dropped from five to three, I believe, before my junior year. And for those who know what we're talking about, um, the bat stipulate, the bat, like, restrictions back then, the length of the bat and the ounce of the bat, there had to be, it was a five, it was the difference of five. My first two years in high school, you could have, I I used a 33-inch bat and it, it was 28 ounces. That's, that's where the minus five is. And then I guess someone decided that we were hitting the, you know, hitting the ball too hard or something. So they changed it from a minus five to a minus three. was probably so a health risk. Yeah, it was, it was to protect the pitcher. Um, but yeah, so in minus three, I had a 33 inch bat still, but it was 30 ounces. So it's a little bit harder to swing. Um, and God, we used to, we used to used to launch the ball with those minus fives, man. That was a, a fun time, but yeah, they switched it and we were so bummed out by it, but it's funny you, I guess you're obviously a little bit younger than I am. So you, you missed the whole minus five era, which was fun.
1: Yeah. They feature that, the gray connection bat. I think that was the first connection bat and those were a big thing.
2: And I had, they, let's see. It's awesome. I had a, an Easton red line, I believe. I don't know. if you oh, remember I remember that, that one. one. Yeah. That, that That's the one I swung, um for a while and i also had a uh i think it was a tpx z core
1: oh the gold one that was that that was the shit
2: i don't think it was gold i think it was black but it's been so long you i could think
1: right. gold gold was the first one and then they had a bunch of variations of them okay but the gold yeah. one came out like i think when i was 11 or 12 and it just changed the game just yeah. incredible i'd it, it, it's it's God. hard to to stop talking about these bats. I could talk about like retro bats all day. It's why I love this scene because it's just like oh, remember yeah. what high school baseball was like in the early two thousands.
2: How much fun was it to get you know a new bat for Christmas like, like a brand new, hadn't been hit yet, like top of the line Easton or TPX or something. It was so much fun
1: and you've got all these dreams in your head about how much of a better hitter this bat is going to make you <laughs> and <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't really change anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah for sure that was the best um next scene i've got we start swinging into hey, the the actual Jim Moore story when he starts getting into pro ball the tri- the tryout scene which i'd imagine you're pretty partial to there's a lot yeah. of stuff in that scene though that like a pro scout wouldn't care about they're like doing soft toss and those like infield drills and stuff like that like they would just be in a real tryout they'd just be wanting guys to throw throw bullpens like Jim Morris does you know hit BP run 60s just stuff like that like no one's getting scouted because of soft
2: toss yeah and I'm pretty sure they don't bring pitchers out there and throw from the actual mound like one by one like that I'm sure it's just all like bullpen stuff you know
1: Oh yeah, you've got three dudes going in the bullpen mound, a bunch of guns behind them. They're, it's not just yeah. like one after another. They, I mean, they literally would have been out there until nine o'clock at night if that's how they were running things.
2: Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I still, I still can't get over the the mix of grown men and children in that scene. They're all supposed to pass as as guys trying out for, for professional baseball.
1: I'm gonna have to pay a lot of extra attention to that next time. Oh please I, do next time I watch the movie because I was really I was looking out for you and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next one I've got is that first outing, the one you mentioned when he's in Orlando. Um, and uh-huh. just you can kind of just roll together the minor league games he pitches in. It's just it's kinda cool to see him pitch in the minors. Um, I'm very yeah. partial to minor league baseball. Uh you can kind of roll all those scenes together as one. They're all kind they're all pretty similar.
2: Uh yeah. Yeah. You can.
1: And then that rolls into I think after his last minor league game, he the scene where he gets called up is just is awesome. He's in the manager's yeah. office that he finds out there in Texas, and then that kind of rolls into when he calls home, which I just fucking love.
2: Yeah, that, that's um that's gonna be my favorite scene and also the the big chill moment for me is um him finding out the the way that his coach delivered the news was cool. It was like, Yeah, go go tell Brooks that he he's getting called up. Oh, by the way, you're going with him.
4: Jimmy, I just got off the phone with the big club.
2: They're calling up Brooks.
4: It's great. He won't be back. He respects you and I thought you might want to be the one to tell him. Sure. Things that you're going to. They're calling me up. Till you fly out of here tonight, you catch up with the team tomorrow. Where? Oh, well, they're on the road right now.
2: In Texas, makes the phone call home to his his wife, and she's like, "Yeah, you got somebody else to tell." And he gets the kid on, I'm like, "Oh, come on, man! I forgot! I forgot about that." I know scene. that's the
1: part I, I knew was, you'd be into yeah. that part too, because that oh, that yeah. one gets me. Uh, the last one I've got is just the first outing too. I mean, that's all. It's all like that movie is all build up until that call up moment. And then the first outing moment, just those like chill moments.
2: Yeah. And when, uh, he gets, yeah, he gets called into the game and, the uh, the bullpen coach is like, you're in. It was, uh, pretty awesome too. I got chills. I mean, a lot of, a lot of chilling scenes in this movie, looking back on it, that, that one gave me the chills for sure.
1: Yeah. It, it that's the, the goal that like, that's really what they're working for is we're just going to make you care about this guy until uh, and and then we're gonna give you these emotional scenes, and you're gonna get the chills, and you're gonna really like it. But yeah, I think the um between the the call up and the first outing, kind of ending with those big chill moments, is it's it's pretty tough to top. I I think my favorite scene, the thing when I turn this movie on MLB Network, I hope it is either at the call up or the first outing. If I had to pick one, I I really think it's the
0: call up.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean it. We're baseball guys, and if you start playing baseball at a really young age, like I assume you did as well, and you like, oh, I'm gonna, I gotta, I'm gonna, if I keep practicing, I'm gonna be professional baseball player. So it's like, obviously, a dream that I think we all kind of share as young baseball players. And so to see uh, the unusual, you know, road that he takes to finally like make it there, it's a it's a big time show moment. Yeah, it's just and awesome. then.
1: Yeah, and then for both of us, like as dads, like when he when he be when he's able to tell his son, it's just just the coolest shit ever.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, big time.
1: Absolutely. Let's take a quick break here from our sponsors, and then we'll get back with the best quote. Big screen sports is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, sells sells hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. You miss an NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live, daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can so bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. Use promo code BlueWire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, get to BlueChew.com. From this ad copy, I'm assuming they're going to help you with uh, with your boner problems. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Since they're chewable. They work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on full stomach. If you're taking them during the day, by all means, congrats on the sex, guy. Uh, Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for my listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Now back to the podcast. All right, and we're back. Um as far as best quote with this one, this isn't a super quotable sports movie. I don't think there's I don't think it, this is a baseball movie in the sense of it's had stuff break into the actual baseball lingo that gets quoted by teams like Major League or Bull Durham is going to be, you know, quoted by baseball right. teams and by baseball people for the next 50 years. This isn't really that kind of movie. I, I've got a couple nominees for best quote. The first one is when the old guy's talking about Christmas music and he just says that song's too good to play for only one month.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I got yeah, I, I got whatever. one for you. It's actually yeah. it's from his wife when he's talking about going on the road, you know, with his minor league club or whatever, and his wife says something about it, like I'm a Texas woman, like I can handle it, but I can handle it at home by myself. I had that written one. down
1: as well. Jim okay. Morris, I'm okay. a Texas woman, which means I don't need the help of a man to keep things running. She's there tough. She's great in this movie. Yeah, she is good. Yeah. Um, I like the one, and I, I think this is another thing that you and I can can really relate to, when the daughter, when they come back from the, tr- the uh, tryout and the daughter just comes up with the pizza and says, Daddy told me to hand you the pizza and not say anything else.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. Another one I remember, um, this isn't a quote, but like, we were talking about chilling scenes I forgot to mention this one uh, he's in the his first game dressed as a, a major leaguer and his family comes up to the railing there and they she kind of reaches over and, and they hold hands for a moment he doesn't even say a word he just like looks up like can you believe I'm here right now um, it's an that incredible, was awesome. moment. Incredible. Yeah, incredible moment incredible incredible I don't even think Fantastic. he says a word throughout the entire scene.
1: Well, and it's the first time he's seen his kids or his family for three months. It's just—it's amazing when, you, yeah, like when exactly. you step back and think about it, you see that in his face. You see that in Quaid's face. Yeah. So the the other two quotes I have are more like, um, more serious, more, more at least more like baseball related. There's the one that you know we get to do today, Brooks. We get to play baseball. There was some trivia that I, I was gonna I was gonna point out. I forgot. Um, There's a deleted scene where Brooks is talking to Jim Morris and he's talking about how his dad used to that's something his dad always used to say like this you know today we get to play baseball so that quote would have actually hit a little bit better if they i think they if they had included that scene in the actual final cut of the movie
2: why did they why did they omit that scene was it running too long or something do you know yeah, the story behind yeah i have that? no
1: idea i will say this movie and it, when I, we get into how we'd improve it this movie does run pretty long especially for a family sports movie like i was watching it with my son like we had, I had him downstairs. I'm like, this is because most of those kids, most kids movies, most movies you can watch with your kids check in in about 100 minutes. This one is like two hours, 10 minutes, like 130 minutes. It's, it's long for a family sports wow. movie. Yeah. So wow. that might have been it. But that, I think there's some other stuff they could have trimmed. And then the last quote I have is just Morris, you're in when he when he tell when he calls him into the game. Yep. That always yep. that always gets me. Yep. If you had to pick one, if you had to pick one, what's your pick?
2: Ooh, um, I'm gonna go with the the Texas woman one, the one that the one that I mentioned earlier from his wife and him going on it's the a road, really leaving good one. her to leaving her to take care of the kids. I mean, you know, as we're, we're Texas people, so it, it, we probably appreciate it more than others will. But uh, yeah, that was probably my favorite.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good one, and a lot of times in sports movies, the The wife or the romantic interest just doesn't get a lot of get a lot to do or get a lot of even opinion. It's always there's just a lot of tough looks for the the wives of athletes in these movies, and she is a very very strong person in this movie and a very strong fixture. And their strong marriage is a is a reason why this movie works. So it's, it's good. To, it feels good to give her best quote.
2: Yeah, strong, supportive, and just kind of a total badass at the same time. She oh,
1: 100%. And a, and a total fox. Shouts to yeah, we uh, are. Lori Griffiths on this one. Um, yeah. Let's get into the most and least authentic sports centric parts of the movie. Obviously, with this podcast, love to to really break down what looks realistic in a sports movie. This isn't the most realistic sports movie I've ever seen, but it's not bad. What yeah. What for you is the most authentic? You know baseball part of this movie
2: it's funny last time you had me on we were discussing blue chips which is like some of the best movie game action you can you can possibly see it's like it's legit basketball they're playing oh that. it's
1: probably on the mount rushmore of best actual sports yeah. scenes yeah for
2: sure Uh, this one authentic. uh, I mean, anytime Dennis Quaid's on the mound, you can't really call it too authentic because he's clearly not throwing 98 miles per hour. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but there were some, like I said, in the tryout scene, the, the one that I was actually in, there was, there were some guys out there who actually knew what they were doing. They were fielding ground balls and, and throwing it in from the outfield and they, they clearly were baseball players. So I thought they did a decent job at that. I, I thought the uh, I've, I've never played minor league baseball, but I assume the road life is a lot like, like that, you know, dingy motels and, and buses and going to, you know, dive bars and stuff that, that seemed pretty authentic to me.
1: I, I think I thought they captured the loneliness of the minor leagues pretty well Yeah, in yeah. that regard. I think they did. I honestly, I I could have used more of that, more of like the minor league stuff, um, I also, I thought the high school baseball scenes and the guys on the team looked realistic enough. You're not mm-hmm. asking a ton to make 2A high school baseball look that realistic. Like they don't have to look like pros. I'm not, I don't want to trash 2A high school baseball, but it's 2A high school baseball. So <laughs> right, you're not right. you're not asking a ton to have those kids look great. And it, it looks pretty passable. Like most of the, obviously like the camera is, is focused on Quaid for most of the movie. And that, you know, we've talked about. But most of these surround... They surrounded him with a lot of good baseball. There are movies that will not even bother with that or not even be able to pull that off where they're surrounded with with good sports action around him. There's enough around Quaid to to make up for what I'm going to say is my least authentic thing, which is pretty much just how he comes set. Like, it's very apparent he's not comfortable on the mound. But you right. can live with that in this movie.
2: Yeah, Um, I'm I'm critical, and I I know you are too, of of movies that cast actors who just have no idea what they're doing when it comes to playing a sport. But I imagine that's pretty tough to find people who can act, you know, actors, like legitimate actors who have a background in the sport that they're playing in a movie. You know, it's got to be a pretty challenging task for the, the casting crew.
1: I agree. I, I think that's. I think if if it was easy, more movies wouldn't have these problems because you have to you have to balance someone, especially when it's the title role. Like this movie hinges on Dennis Quaid's performance, not his baseball, but how he can he can carry this role. And in that regard, he does a really really good job. So you can kind of you're just gonna have to like suck it up with him not being super comfortable on the mound. And I, I, I think you can definitely live with it. Um, it's not, it's not easy if, if you have no real experience in it to, you know, to, to look like that. But I've, I've looked up some YouTube footage of the actual Jim Morris throwing and yeah, that dude looked like he was humming it and yeah, not quite the same with Quaid. Was he
2: really, was he really throwing 98 back in, when oh, yeah. he was, uh, making his run? Okay.
1: Yeah, 98. And that's back before, like, everyone was throwing 98.
2: Yeah, and you had him on recently, right?
1: Yeah, he. so when we... This episode is coming out after at least... The, the plan is, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you will have listened to the interview with Jim Morris a few days before this.
3: So, uh, yeah, had
1: him okay. on, and he said, yeah, he said it just kind of... It just came out of the blue. Basically, how they showed it in the movie in the sense of... He just started throwing again, and he was throwing. You know, he he said he was around ninety when he was um he was probably eighty eight ninety when he was playing when he was at his best before he started getting hurt, and then it just it was just coming out there at ninety eight, which is that's wild. absolutely wild. Yeah, Did he change anything,
2: anything about his throwing motion?
1: I didn't get as deep into that because um, I, I was trying to trying to ask him more questions just specific to the movie, but I I don't know. I mean, if you watch. There's a few clips of him on YouTube actually throwing, and he's putting his whole body into it, and he's got a, like a loose whippy arm, which right. Quaid just definitely doesn't have. Quaid's stuff is definitely a little more stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, there, there's a big difference, but again, you can't really can't really fault okay. Quaid for it. But it's just it's wild. to thing plus Qua- Quaid, I think, was over a decade older than Jim Morris was when Jim the Jim Morris was oh, supposed to yeah. be in this movie.
2: Yeah, you can tell that he was probably a little too mm-hmm. old for the role. <laughs> but they, they I guess they really tried to sell it yeah yeah how old he does a was good job uh Morris when he when he Morris, made his I run I think was to the... 34
1: 35 something like that
2: okay yeah they make it seem like it was 42
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and Quaid yeah. definitely looks older than uh he, Quaid, I think was 48 at the time of at the time of filming and he definitely looks closer to 48 than he does 35
2: yeah who was the uh who's the best baseball player you faced uh in high school
1: the best baseball player I faced in high school. That is a, I faced, uh, I faced a 15 year old Matt Perk in a scrimmage one time. He was he was a first round pick out of high school, and then he went to uh, TCU, and then was a okay. third round pick out of TCU. He, I mean he he had some big league time, um, a couple high draft pick guys. I think the best guy I've ever played against was was on my my college team Evan Gaddis. And it's oh okay you know, cool. clear clear difference in guys who are big leaguers and guys like me who are just division two players.
2: Yeah, the reason I I brought up the I wonder if he changed his motion thing it made me think of I played against Houston Street a bunch in high school. Um, he was he played shortstop for Wesley High School. He did some pitching, but when he pitched, he was over the top, and he probably threw ninety one, maybe on a good day, probably closer to eighty nine and then when he got to college they dropped him 3 quarter and he started throwing 96 and it was just falling off the table um, so i was just like yeah i was just wondering if he if he changes arm slot if jimmy Morris changed the arm slot or, or something with his something with his delivery but i found that I always found that interesting with street
1: yeah i'm hoping to get him back on for my uh, my other podcast at some point cuz he was definitely there's definitely a lot more to talk talk to him about than just the stuff that goes on in, in this movie um, yeah, Str- Houston Street's two seamer was was nasty, but but I digress. Um, let's get into what worked about this one, as far as as far as what made this movie enjoyable, other stuff that was realistic. I think right off the bat, the like the the catalyst of this movie is Dennis Quaid's performance and specifically the, the Jimmy Morris and Hunter relationship, the father-son relationship in this movie, I think yeah. really makes this one click and is why you care so much about this guy.
2: Yeah, for for sure. Um, they did, yeah, the family aspect, the father-son relationships, not only with him and his son, but him and his dad were really, really cool. Uh, and just the whole family feeling, you know, in Disney movie, of course they got to make that happen, but the whole family Coming together and, and then watch you know supporting their dad and their and her husband and all that was really really cool. I, l- I like the, how they captured the like the small like the small town feel of like what minor league baseball is and the tryout. They picked like some dump high school to do to do the tryout in and how everything felt on the road when they were traveling around for uh, minor league games. Uh, that really worked for me as well. I, I appreciate. Yeah, I just that. wish
1: we would have had more of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
1: Um we talked about the what what they did as far as making it look like he was throwing hard, the like the whoosh sound, the slow-mo, the quick cuts, the stunt double. I think that was all like effective enough. Um and then we also we talked we already touched on the the Quaid and Griffiths, the the married couple. They're just a hot married couple. They're just really killing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're yeah, they're like uh you know, uh power couple of their the small town that they're in, which Big Lake, is that right? Big Lake, Texas? Yeah, Big Lake, Texas, home of
1: my first speeding
2: ticket. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that, that's like the power couple of Big Lake right there.
1: A hundred percent. This is something that I didn't, I didn't even like, care much about until I got into my 20s, until I started living dad life, but it's probably the best rapid grass growing job in human history by the <laughs> old dudes with the hair.
2: Yeah, who knew who knew that's how you keep deer off off of a uh, dirt. I did not know that, that trick. I wonder if that's an actual like real trick that people can use.
1: Yeah, see, I don't know and I like in this podcast where I I thump so much on, you know, oh, I really like realism and stuff. I don't really care. I just really like that aspect of the movie. It feels very small town, Texas. Like, hey, these old guys know how to get the deer off the field. Of course they do.
2: Yeah. And in high school baseball coaches, they kind of have to do it all too. They're not, it's not like they go out to this field that someone else is taking care of and it's, everything's perfect. They, They have to, like my baseball coach, he used to aerate the field, and he used to cut the grass, and he did all that kind of stuff. Uh, he would rake, he would rake the dirt, and, and of course, he would have us do a lot of these things too. Um, but it, it, they're kind of like a, they they kind of do everything for the their their team.
1: Yeah, unless you're the baseball coach at a. I, I don't wanna assume but like probably like an Austin Westlake or a school with a just a right. very handsome budget. You're right, you've got a second job, part time job as a, a ground screw guy or a landscaper. So For this sure. is one of the few few movies that actually touches on that. You you mentioned like the whole like the small town feel though. I love the whole town getting behind him when he gets called up. That scene where they're driving through Main Street, like honking their horns and yelling. I really love that.
2: That's exactly what would happen in that situation. I mean, it, it would a town that small, and it's your high school baseball coach. So everyone already knows who he is to begin with. But when he starts to ascend through the ranks, and you, no doubt, a small town like that would go completely wild for their coach making it to the bigs.
1: Absolutely, it's a really that's another. I, I should have probably at least mentioned that in best scenes. That's a it's like a heartwarming yeah, scene. It's really call. fun. Um, The thing that that worked the best about, or maybe not the best, but it's one of the, the big difference makers in this movie, is the score. And the difference between this and a movie like Remember the Titans, Remember the Titans leaned really heavy on that amazing soundtrack with all that good 60s, 70s music. This right. is just an incredible score. It was scored by a guy named Carter Burwell. He also scored other sports movies like The Blind Side, which is a movie I, I really don't like, and A Night's Tale, which is a movie I love. Uh, but the, the score of this movie and especially you know, that, that theme, that whistly theme that starts playing when he first starts throwing hard, that consistent theme, it, yeah. it, it's just, per, it's perfect for this movie. I'm not a huge music guy in terms of like knowing specifics about music, but I know what this score did for the movie and how just uplifting it was. It fit the mood perfectly.
2: Man, it's funny that you, you talk about this. I don't, I never noticed, I mean, I, I do it subconsciously. Like scores obviously have a huge effect on movies and carrying that's, you know, the certain tone of a scene, like as it's, as I'm watching a movie, I never think about the score or notice it like, Oh, that's, you know, that that actually really works here. It just, it carries my, you know, the vibe of what what it's supposed to do. Uh, I just, I just never notice it. It's funny.
1: Yeah. It's really, it's just a really, really well-scored movie and it's not too over the top or too cheesy. It just, it fits really well. But, in terms of stuff that didn't fit well and didn't work there's I've got a few main things about this movie that just didn't work, stuff I, I might have changed first and foremost, Jim Morris has three kids in a single cab truck, and maybe <laughs> the real Jim Morris had that, which like in that case is just an incredible finesse of never being the parent having to do carpool but that that doesn't line up to me
2: yeah, how did he get? So the tryout scene. How did he? Because he had his baby with him too. How did he get all of them in there? It didn't, I don't know. It didn't did you, show that. <laughs> it didn't show that. I did. hope he didn't.
1: I hope he didn't get pulled over on the way home or anything. He'd be yes. deep I shit.
2: Mean, one of those kids was not in a car seat. I'll tell you that right now.
1: No, and you got like an infant or a, not an infant? <laughs> yeah, but like no a, very, a very small baby. Um, in in serious stuff that didn't work. I think one of the main things that this the where they make the bet where the where they the team gets team gets their ass kicked in a game and he has this speech about having dreams and stuff and they make the bet something that the movie i think was really counting on to be a big emotional scene it's not really a good speech it's not motivating it's more a mechanism to set up this bet and this under it's got this underlying theme of coach morris needs to follow his dream but it's not really, he talks about wanting things in life and having dreams, but he doesn't associate it with baseball. They didn't They didn't make the connection from this baseball game that they just played. They're just using it as an, I, I would bet the real Jim Morris actually had a better speech about winning and what they need to do in baseball and not about like, A lot of you guys are going to work at Bo's Tire Barn, but some of you might have dreams and stuff. It's very clearly a mechanism as opposed to actually feeling authentic and being a good speech. Look, guys, most of you,
4: you're going to finish up school here. You're going to work the rigs. You're going to work at Bo's Tire Barn. You're going to raise a family and retire, and you're going to do all that right here in Big Lake. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of real good people have done that. I'm doing it. But if you're looking for something more after you're done here, you better give some serious thought as to how you're going to play out the rest of this season. What difference does it make? I mean, it's not like any of us are getting scholarships. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about wanting things in life. I'm talking about having dreams. And all that starts right here. Okay? Right here. You don't have dreams, you don't have anything.
2: Yeah, that that's a good call. And I also thought it was um overly mature of one of the I forgot which which one of his uh players spoke up. Like, "Hey coach, what about what about your dreams?" Like that, you know, that that's not the mindset that a high school kid has. Uh, you know, it, it's very like over – you know, much very mature of him to to kind of turn it around on his coach, like, we're, we're behind you. Like, what, you know, what about your dreams? Let's go out there and get it.
1: Yeah, it would have been something that's much more just like, hey, coach, we've seen you throwing Chad in practice. How about if we win district, you go try out? It wouldn't have been as. Like you said, <laughs> kind of mature or even a little bit cheesy. Also, did you notice that, especially the the character Whack, the guy played by Jay Hernandez, there's a lot more back talk between them. Like I would have been terrified to talk to my high school baseball coach or my college coach. Like some of those kids kind of back talk oh. him or or quip at him.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, the I guess it was the the same kid you're talking about. Uh, he he was given an instruction by Morris, and he's and he's like. <laughs> It says something like, I, I, no, I don't want to do it, man. Like, what are you talking about? Your coach just told you to d- to go, whatever whatever it was, go catch fly balls or something. What do you, what do you mean? No, you got to do it. You can't. My coach, mm, we, we would have been running.
1: Oh, yeah. It'd be suicide to talk to your high school coach like that. There's yeah. just no, absolutely no way. Um, something else about this one that didn't work, and this is a common thing in, in any movie involving high school students, but the main villain of the opposing high school team, that's a grown-ass man. That was
2: a big <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, he was, he was like 29, and just filled out. Yeah, it was funny. He, what is he, blowing kisses at the pitcher when he's up there to bat and all that? Like, come on, man, that's, that's not a high school kid.
1: No, he had, to, he had to get done with that game because he has a full-time job and a mortgage <laughs> and a family.
3: Like that's, yeah, he's got, he's got kids to get dude. home to.
1: That was a big dude. Did you have anything else about this one that that didn't work? Just just really stood out to you?
2: Uh, no, I didn't. Um, aside from the some of the actual gameplay, I thought, you know, most of the baseball stuff was pretty authentic. Uh, it, a lot of it did work for me, so I think you kind of nailed everything that didn't.
1: Yeah, it's pretty nitpicky. Um, pitching in the rain is just the most unsafe shit I've ever seen. Uh, that that second tryout, and then he also uh so he lives in Big Lake, which is in West Texas, and uh he drink there's a scene when he takes his son over to his dad's house for his for his birthday for him to give him that that birthday present. Jim takes a glass from the cabinet and drinks tap water in West Texas, which is something you absolutely <laughs> never ever should do if you live in West Texas. you cannot drink the tap water. it's the hardest, nastiest water. Possibly in the country.
2: Okay, only people who have been to West Texas are going to have a problem with that scene because that's something that would never cross my mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, that scene wouldn't have wouldn't have registered to me until I spent five years living in Odessa, Texas, and, right, and right. man, there's nothing, there's not a worse place to be in in the world when you wake up hungover and thirsty and you're in your room and all you've got is the bathroom tap water in Odessa and you're just oh, it's like it's like sucking down poison. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible but uh but I digress um, the only other thing that I really noticed was in the first the first minor league game the one where he's in Orlando where it's his first outing and he throws the ball over the backstop and the home fans start booing most minor league fans don't care about the team and they're certainly they're not gonna boo their own players minor league fans just don't care that much
2: oh also like I that- wasn't that the only pitch that they showed from that game of of him throwing?
1: Yeah, they just he he throws it over the catcher like into the backstop, and that's all they
2: show. And then he gets on the phone with his wife, and she's like, "How'd it go?" He's like, "I I played pretty well, actually." Or he said like, "Not so bad." Like, okay, really, because the only pitch we saw you <laughs> you threw it twenty feet over the guy's head.
1: That I mean, that's just another. That's just a thing about this movie. Is I don't. I wish they would have shown more. About, I get that you have to show the stuff that went on beforehand with the bet and with his family and with his players and stuff. You have to be bought into the guy before he gets into the minor leagues. But the most interesting thing about this story is him being a 34, 35-year-old man in professional baseball. So I would have liked to have seen the movie much more focused on that as opposed to the stuff beforehand, which I think is yeah. the majority of the movie.
2: How much, how much time did he actually spend in the bigs?
1: He spent parts of two seasons. He really didn't. He he really didn't throw that much when he got back into professional baseball because I think his shoulder started just barking again. He didn't. He got hurt again. But he he only threw. You know, it wasn't. I think it was parts of two seasons, and it wasn't. It wasn't too many games.
2: Okay, okay, yeah. So they they could have shown more.
1: They really could have, especially that that first season in the minors. They should have. They could have brought that in. You know, so he, um. let's see, he, looking at his baseball reference page, he pitched from 1983 to 1989, and then 10 years later in 1999, he threw uh, 28 innings in the minors, and then he threw, let's see, and then four innings in the majors, four and two thirds in the majors, the next year, 10 and a third in the majors, one in the minors, and then I think he got hurt. So not there wasn't a whole lot of baseball, but a, enough to show a little bit more than they did.
2: What kind of numbers did he put up?
1: Um, so he uh, he was good in Double A. He put up a one eight in Double A and five Double A innings. In Triple A, it was a five four, but it was a five four and twenty three appearances. So with or twenty three innings. So with a reliever, that could have been you know he could have had two really bad appearances, right? Like two right. really bad games, and then sixteen really good games. And, you know, you, you never know. And, I mean, he's he's pumping 98. I'm pretty sure the Rays were the, the worst team in baseball that year. I feel like it makes sense to bring him up.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I just would have liked to have seen uh, to seen more of that. Um, let's move on to the the Kevin Costner and Freddie Prince Jr. Awards for best and worst on-screen athlete. I have two nominees <laughs> for, for best on-screen athlete. I have the stunt double, you can tell, throws really well. But then... In in this dude, I swear I tried to find his this actor's name, this guy's name. Do you remember the scene where Quaid is getting interviewed and that one guy is hitting BP and he's mad about yes. Quaid getting interviewed? That dude is hitting mamos.
2: I, I, I almost uh, mentioned him earlier, actually, that clearly a guy who knows how to swing a bat. Um, yeah, he 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 had a stroke, man. He was piping those. Um, the catcher in the scene the catcher in the tryout scene um that i got to see in person was a unit of a man he was very big and i believe he looked big i believe he had, he played on some level of professional baseball that that was a story that we were told while we were there um but he was he was a big dude and he knew he knew what he was doing behind behind the plate and he had an arm on him too so i i didn't really come across in the in the movie cuz he was just catching you know he was just catching the tryout from Morris, but clearly a baseball player.
1: I'm fine. Fly- I'm fine splitting the award between him and that dude taking BP. Cause oh my god,
2: he has some <laughs> bat g- speed. Yeah, that guy. That guy was killing it, man. My god.
1: I looked. I I, I swear I looked for his info, and I just could not find it. Um, worst on screen athlete. Unfortunately, I feel like you you just have to give it to Dennis Quaid. I, there's really no other choice.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about finding someone for this role who could do a better job. It's got to be, you know, you have a, a small age range, right? It's got to be a left-hander. All, all the criteria for this, there's not many actors to pick from. So considering, you know, Quaid did a good enough job, but um, you're right. he He's not a baseball player.
1: The left-handedness makes it really tough. It really cuts down right, who you right. could have casted for this role um let's get into the lenny harris pinch hitter award for best supporting characters i've got some nominees uh the old men in the town played by david blackwell blackwell royce d applegate and rainer shiny sheeny i don't know the the dudes who get the grass on the field every every small texas town has that group of old men who are always playing cards and up to no good um like those yes dudes. they're
2: they're in it. they're in every small town and they're just like that they're great Yeah, those guys were great.
1: Yeah, I have Brian Cox as Jim Morris Sr., and while he's not a very likable character, he is Logan Roy in Succession, and I I felt like it was irresponsible not to at least mention that he was in this movie.
2: (laughs) He's Logan Roy in Succession, and he's also uh, Super Troopers. He's the the captain of Super Troopers. That that guy's got some range to him, man.
1: Yeah, he's great. Um, I've got Angus T. Jones as Hunter Morris. Uh, He would go on to be in... Two and a half men yep. and then I'm pretty sure he's gotten very deep into a into religion and possibly some cult like stuff. It's kinda kind of a bummer. Um, um and then no kidding. Rachel Griff- yeah, Rachel Griffiths as Lori Morris, the wife. She is my pick. She's fantastic. Uh, yeah,
2: that I'm gonna co sign that that that'd be my pick too. She did a, a fantastic job.
1: Yeah, she's she's excellent in this movie. Just I mean, she's an absolute rocket too. This is this is probably the peak for her. She's fantastic um my favorite category the big chill the moment in every sports movie where the hair on the back of your neck stands up i have two nominees we've really talked about them we talked about it at the end of best scenes when he calls home about getting called up and then the run-in from the bullpen when they they announce his name yeah uh in the ballpark in arlington if you had to pick one did you have any others was there anything else that got you in this movie besides those two parts
2: um, no, I mean, somewhat when he, he's thrown, he's pulled over the side of the road and he, he thinks he throws, what was it? Seven, 78 or something. Cause the, the lights weren't on and the, 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 uh, radar detector out there. Oh yeah. The radar detector the, scene. The I radar. can't
1: believe we've, we haven't, yeah. we've, we've been going for like yeah. 50 minutes and forgot to mention that.
2: I found that pretty cool. I don't know if I got chills necessarily, but it was a, a pretty cool moment in the movie. It was like but the for spot me, they the, used
1: in the trailer. Yeah. That's how yeah, they how they promoted yeah. the movie.
2: The winner for this category for me is definitely when he finds out he's getting called up. He didn't, when when he hears the news from his coach, I think he probably says like two or three words, but it's just the the face that he's making and he's in total shock. His eyes tell the whole story. I thought that was uh pretty well done by Quade.
1: He's really effective in that scene. I have to go with the run in yeah. from the bullpen and it's mainly because of the score. The score hits really hard. When he starts getting to the outfield and then it does that like it's like a whistle sound or something and it's like a variation of the main theme and I'm like you I don't always notice the score in a movie I get that's really effective but like that part when there's there's no other it's just him running in and it's the, the culmination of this journey and this guy realizing his dream and I'm just like I'm an emotional wreck. When it when it happens, I'm just like this is incredible, and it's when this movie's on MLB Network. That's the part that I am I'm looking for.
2: I might need um, to run that scene back just so I can appreciate it better because I, I didn't really notice that. That uh, that is the one, it. but it is an awesome scene. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I watch it on YouTube sometimes. It, it makes me feel that good. <laughs> um, Love that. As far as how to improve this one, did you have anything glaring that you're like this would make this movie you know maybe like a solid all star?
2: Uh, Uh, not really i mean there's i don't know what more you can do with the story i mean it kind of is what it is they they uh, you know you just appreciate the journey that he goes on and and where he's able to get to the highest level as a obviously a guy way past his physical prime they captured all that i mean you know it kind of is what it is i i I thought they they did a a good job with this with the story but i don't know i don't know what else they could have done to make it stand out more
1: I think so too. I don't think there's anything they could have added maybe a little bit more, you know, minor league stuff and less of the life before it, like switch up that ratio a little bit. But yeah, you know, they did. I think they did. And this is something that, that Jim Morris touched on when I talked to him is that they set out, they did what they set out to do. And what he wanted when he agreed to sign over his life story was a movie that was about following your dreams. And I think yeah. they did that about as well. I mean, and, and Disney's the perfect studio for that one. If you're not trying to make it nitty gritty, and I, I think they did that almost to a T. Like this movie is all, is about as good as it could be. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would have to agree. And as
1: far as our last category before more or restore a prequel, sequel, or remake. I mean, a prequel. I don't, I don't think I need to see Jim Morris getting hurt in the minor leagues. You know, a remake. I don't. A remake. I don't think they're going to remake this one. I think it's kind of timeless. And as far as a sequel, I can again advise uh, my readers. Jim Morris has a book coming out in June. The links will be in the show notes. You you heard about this on Monday. By all means, go go check out his book. But as far as they, I, I don't really think there's anything. I think this is definitely a standalone. What about you?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think the the story has um, there's there's not much else you can really do with it. It's kind of you can kind of put this one to bed.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Dylan, I thank you so much for taking the time while we're stuck in quarantine to talk the rookie with me. Tell the folks again where they can follow you on social media and where they can catch your podcasts.
2: Uh, first of all, man, no problem. I'm glad to, glad to help you out and hop on whenever, whenever you want me to. Um, yeah, check out Circling Back and the mail-in uh, on iTunes and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. I believe, is our handle. It's been a while since I, I've had to look that up, but I think that's what it is. I think I can confirm uh, that. Yeah, I it, believe we just, it is. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, and if you want to follow me on on those platforms too, I'm just at d dshivery, that's C-H-E-V-E-R-E-R-E. Dylan, thanks again for
1: coming on. If you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you give you, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, rate, leave a review. You guys know the drill. Also, if you're listening to this and you are a baseball fan, check out my podcast from Phenom to the Farm, an interview series presented by Baseball America. That comes at you every other Tuesday. And until next Monday, we'll see you then. Thanks.